Welcome to episode 16 of I Quit, the podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs about one of the scariest days of their lives, the day they quit their job. If you're listening to this podcast and you happen to be wearing the most comfortable t-shirt or sweater in your closet, chances are you know this episode's guests. Connor and Leslie Gould are the creators of the highly successful camp brand goods clothing line. But these two didn't set out to be fashion designers, but their passion to take on a new and exciting challenge led them down a path they never thought possible. Hi, Connor. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. good. You're good, Connor. I'm good. Yeah, Excellent. thank you. I think you're my first uh, You're my first duo on the podcast, and I think you're my first like husband-wife team, so thank you so much wow. for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yes. So I've been a fan of you guys. Uh, your brand, I think I was a fan of your brands before I met you, um, but your Camp Brand Goods is a highly successful clothing line, lifestyle brand that's, you know, been around since 2011, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about the origins, because I'm, I, I, I'm, what I'm intrigued about now in 2019, you know, a, a, a local company having a t-shirt company or sweaters or socks or whatever is, you're, it's, you're, we're kind of used to it, um, but back then, that was a brand new wild idea, right? Totally. Um, I was working as a graphic designer and uh, I worked for a really cool um, company called 54 Blue. And uh, just to plug them a little bit. There but, you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had just started sort of a side project working on uh, making graphics for t-shirts and just a creative outlet for myself. And uh, we started just at Market Collective, different markets. And you're right, at the time, there were other t-shirt companies that were out there. Market Collective has been around for yeah. a little bit longer than us. So you but didn't invent the t-shirt. Did not invent the t-shirt, no. <laughs> That's my next question. <laughs> um, I mean, you 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 made it sound like one sentence, but you're like, I'm going to design t-shirts and then you're at a market. Like that's actually a lot of steps in between there. Like how did you go come from working in graphic design and designing t-shirts to then you have to like find a t-shirt, you have to print it, you have to decide how to sell it in a market. Like, this is actually Connor's second t-shirt oh okay connor had another brand called paradigm okay before i knew him uh -oh. he had started so connor was well versed in starting okay yeah. i had done companies. this once yeah. and failed and uh <laughs> so every, you learned so i learned well that i mean yeah. that's i mean that's a very common entrepreneurial thing is to learn from your failures right it's, yes yeah so but okay were you guys together at the time yeah we were together so not married but like dating living together, together yeah right? okay cool we just i think i'd started camp just before we moved no no because we were going over the names together. In my kitchen. I don't yeah. think we lived together yet. We did. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Great. This is also a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the, the really important details. Um, yeah. You started making clothes. And we went to a market. And they sold out. You just. It was that park sale. Yeah. When park sale used sold to be all at the of university. Them. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, Okay. So then we continued on just selling shirts to friends for the for a year. And then we learned about bloggers in 2012 when someone posted our happy camper shirt, which Connor actually showed me that design earlier in the year. And I told him that it was really cheesy and no one would ever buy that. And then I was really really sorely mistaken yeah. because that shirt just like circulated like wildfire mm -hmm. around pinterest and i think we had 12 shirts 
but because we never made any online sales, we had like unlimited inventory listed online. So overnight we sold hundreds of these things oh and yeah. we didn't it have the to inventory like, to fulfill. Oh, I'm shipping something to my aunt Sherry in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. And, and like uh, now it's shipping all over the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we literally went to bed one night and overnight had sold hundreds of this shirt. That's kind of when I jumped in to help you fulfill online orders. Yes. And you, so you, you still had your job. So your company starting the sort of, is it, Right to say sort of an accidental company, like it was this hobby and then you start, it yes. starts turning into something. Yeah. Um, so you're a couple and you both have jobs. You were, where were you working, Leslie? Uh, I owned the Subway sandwich restaurant in Kensington. Excellent. <laughs> I go there all the time. Excellent. It's a good one. It is a good one. Yeah. yeah. And so you own that and you were still doing your graphic designing as, as camp was starting to take off with yes. 54 Blue. Yeah. yeah. That's sort of where I cut my teeth, I guess. Okay, great. And so it's growing, it's growing. And when do you start having this conversation of like, oh, we need to put our focus on camp now we have to sort of divert yeah, what your career paths were to do this other thing it was a tough year of juggling both full-time jobs plus camp full-time like mm -hmm. we didn't see our friends for an entire year like we would work and get home at five and then we'd have dinner and then from like six to two a.m would be packing orders we were so, like so much such harder workers back then such hard workers. <laughs> younger some might say sense. younger yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we would have stuff coming in i would i would finish the the job that i was working at before was really nice and sort of they had we live in a very small house and they were like well hey when we're not working you can use you know the big design bay and do all that kind of wow stuff. awesome so i had shipments sent there that kind of thing and uh Basically, I would finish work. I think sometimes I'd like come home for dinner, eat dinner really quickly, and then be like, okay, see so ya, yeah, go back mm -hmm. to work. You'd and go back and you'd be pressing labels long. into shirts, and I'd be fulfilling orders at home. And, and then like, I'd come back and I would uh, have a shower and go back to work again. Like yeah. just wow. total all nighter and just living off coffee. And yeah, it was pretty wild. There wasn't too many days like that, but definitely like lots and lots and lots of late nights and early mornings and lunch breaks of answering emails and. And, and that kind of thing. But, and uh, learning, I mean, though, though all those things, maybe in your other, the graphic designer and stuff, maybe you knew how to do some of those things, but not fulfilling orders and not the, the marketing of it and all that. Those are so much different skills. Where do those skills come from? Experience. Okay. Yeah. Just trial and error. Yeah. We didn't really have, I mean, again, my background being working with a design agency, I kind of had an, a, a pretty good understanding of branding and uh, and figuring out, you know, a brand needs to resonate with people and, and, uh, putting a lot of work into that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it wasn't clip art. I didn't just take something off the internet. Yeah. So we, we spent a lot of time kind of refining that. Um, while we kind of had shirts, we didn't really have that done when we started. We just, it started off as more of a design based thing going with like a nostalgic outdoor approach. Both of us had spent our entire childhoods growing up outdoors mm -hmm. leslie's dad is like he has the largest collection of taxidermy trout in the world and as a vegan you can imagine that that horrifies me but it's <laughs> it is beautiful it's like is that like factual art, like he it, no yeah like and it used to go on tours around the oh my world gosh. but then he'd get his trout back and there'd be little chips in them oh yeah so he stopped doing that but so they're just all over his house yeah now there's just a there's room like, of death in and so many okay. of them are extinct <laughs> now so oh he, like he will always hold that title yeah Oh, interesting. So one day it could be at my house. Oh, great. You lucky you. Yeah, lucky. And not that he was helping with the extinction part. <laughs> no, no, was, no, no, worked, no. He worked closely with like fisheries and that kind of stuff to catch fish. Okay. Like, they're like, hey, we need one of these things so we can do some studies. Yeah. So that he would catch it. They do some studies and he'd get it back. Oh. Do you know, sometimes when you record podcasts, you start talking to people, you're like, 
That's another podcast. I want to, now I want to talk to your dad about <laughs> yeah, taxidermy fish. Like that's, yeah. So who got the idea uh, uh, to quit first? Who quit their jobs first? Well, so what I had actually was happened was, to, right? yes. We were selling my subway at the end of 2013. And I how long did you own it? Oh gosh, five years. Okay. Yeah. So it was listed, like our last day with it was November 27, 2013. And that was yes. going to be, then I was jumping in full time to do order fulfillment and trying to figure out what blogging was and how we could leverage that even more. Mm -hmm. Leslie's last, last day was November 13th or it was like a Wednesday and you were like going to be camps full time employees starting like the, the next week was going to be like our first full week at doing camp stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and then that Friday home. I came home and I was like, I quit. I quit. Oh, God. <laughs> so it wasn't, okay. it wasn't a plan necessary for you. Just, you just decided right then and there. Not at all. I, yeah, I sort of had like a, uh, but it has a little bit with my, former employer mm -hmm. basically because I would just was spending so much time doing both and that's things. very fair for employee. your employer yeah. to be yeah exactly <laughs> and uh yeah so we just kind of like at that time had to figure out you know do I pull the shoot at the time I didn't really think like okay I'll go into camp full-time I was just gonna go freelance graphic design okay and so I kind of hit the ground running trying to pick up clients and do that kind of thing right after and uh camp just continued to kind of grow if when we put a little bit more time into it so I think I let down a few clients that I yeah. just got too busy yeah, with yeah, camp yeah. again. And I was like, oh, sorry. So I, I, that was a really short stint, just a few months that I kind of did that stuff. And then we've just focused on, on camp ever since. And did you um, feel growing up or when you started your careers that like small business or entrepreneurship was something you were looking for? It, not like, not that that was a, my exact goal, but my parents have always instilled in us to try to, be self-employed and not to work for someone else. And so they own a ton of real estate. And so they got us like my brother and I doing that as well. So I okay. own a few different houses and have like what they call passive income coming in from that. And yeah. so their goal is always like try to do your own thing. And so they were so supportive when we decided to leave our jobs. Yeah. Would you say this was always your goal? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wanted to work for like a really I was really big into skiing. I used to be a manager at Fresh and I was like, oh man, if I could get a job working for one of the ski companies or something like that, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, that sounds like I don't know my husband at all, but you have lots of like doctors and engineers <laughs> and stuff in your family. So it was probably like, this was way more oh, foreign to your family than to mine, right? Like, Absolutely. Okay, yeah. 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 And even when we quit to go and do camp full time, my dad was like, well, time to finish your education yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've had a lot of fun with this little t-shirt yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah exactly i mean and, and we, we try not to focus too much on this being like a calgary podcast but there's not um, fashion lines in calgary necessarily and so that the idea of of like you guys tackling this fashion sort of brand in a city where it's not really known for it must have been a bit scary for your parents maybe not your parents leslie but maybe your parents connor yeah, I mean, it's not definitely not the fashion hub of the world. Yeah, um, not yet. Not yet. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, like they were. I I think it was just you know pretty foreign, and now they're totally behind it. Mm -hmm. They're so supportive, especially since proud. we opened the store. Now I think there's something. Tangible it's more obvious. Before into. it was like, oh, you sell T-shirts online. Like it, yeah. that's hard to picture. Yeah. Well, and that's also con continuing this sort of journey. So now you've quit, and you're going to both focus on this T-shirt company, and then a year later you have a a store and. At a time when stores are closing to become online t-shirt companies, like you guys did the opposite. <laughs> well, we, so what happened was our house was full of boxes 
And one day all the boxes fell on our dog. And so we were like, okay, we need a studio now. Mm -hmm. Like this is too much for our house. So our friends, Dorian and Kofi, who own a jewelry line called Katu Kitchen, we just loved them. So we would always set up our booths beside each other at Market Collective because then we could hang out like the six times a year during Market Collective. And we noticed that people were shopping both booths. So they were looking for a studio because they were in the same situation, um, just had outgrown their home. And so, well, Connor found that this barn in Inglewood and we were going to just use it as storage and office and maybe for a few hours a week open and have like um, shoppable studio hours. Oh, yeah. That's what was pitched to me and Dorian. <laughs> we knew that. Kofi and Connor. A different plan? Yeah. Okay. The rent was a little bit more expensive than being able to do that. But we had to tell Kofi or tell uh, Dorian and Leslie, oh, yeah, like it'll just be open. Because to hours. us, yeah. the store just seemed like it would be a big distraction from our ultimate goal, which was to work online, be able to work from anywhere in the world. Like the store just seemed like it was going to detract from that. And, yeah. it, and it did for the first year until we could afford to get some employees to help us out. Mm-hmm. So you guys open the store, the four of you, and you're you're the cashiers, you're folding the clothes, everything. you're everything. Yeah. And then was that scary to sort of go opposite of what the in- was happening in the industry where these small stores were? Absolutely. Yeah. We signed our lease and we all went for, for Vietnamese and I don't think anybody touched their food. Oh, no. <laughs> you're like, That's a lot of money on that. Yeah. But no, it was it was kind of the same way. Like I would say that when we quit our company was probably not the smartest or best time to do it. But you know, you either sink or swim. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, we opened uh, at the end of November on in 2014. And it was the perfect timing because then it was Christmas. And that's the busiest yeah. few weeks for any store. So it gave us that confidence right off the hop and allowed us to pay our bills. And I feel like we really just like to pile on. Like we got married in September and the <laughs> store was supposed to be like we we're signing our lease like right before that. And we're like, yeah, yeah, like. We planned the wedding. Leslie cooked all the food for it. Like there was just so much stuff going on. Yeah, I adopted a dog. Stressing me out. Yeah, but it comes in waves. We like do everything at one time. Then we're like, okay, we got to take a break. And then sometimes those breaks are very prolonged. And sometimes they're short. But it was good. We kind of like just hit the ground running with the store too. And it was a it was sort of a, a very sweet deal just in terms of like timing. And they were they were really nice. Like they could tell we were nervous. And they were just like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But It'd be great to have you guys in here and, and that kind of thing. So Yeah, they also put us on a sliding scale for our rent. Oh, so great. our lease started out way lower than it ended up just yeah. so we could like ease into things. Mm-hmm. The family that owns that barn is the Kerrs. They're amazing. Oh, they were great. so supportive. I don't know if we would have done it with a different landlord. So you just touched on earlier the the perfect timing. And that's something that's sort of what this podcast is about is um, I think a lot of people who are thinking of making that transition to being entrepreneurs, being small business owners, keep waiting for that perfect moment, that perfect time. But there isn't really that moment necessarily, just sort of what, what pushed you out that, out that door? You know, I think if it had been continuing on, like working and doing the side project that had now become another full-time job for any longer, probably just would have really burnt out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you could just feel that it was time. Like we, we're working way too much. Yeah. And, and at that time, camp was becoming so rewarding, not just like in a monetary sense, but we were like, we could actually do this. Mm-hmm. And then 
we could like live anywhere we wanted to and not that we wanted to leave Calgary, but we'd want, love vacations mm-hmm. where like we could just like go down to Mexico for like three months and work from there and yeah, never just did, never did that. No, no. no. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's the other thing when you're, you're like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to be able to do all these things. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait, I have less free time yeah. somehow. I don't know how that happened. And camp was like, like Leslie was saying, we were getting a lot of sales. Like the cash was flowing in, but everything we were just investing directly back into the yeah. company. Yeah. We were like, okay, well, like, you know, we're selling out super quick. We need this extra stock. And we've bootstrapped from the get-go. We've never financed anything. Started on a credit card and just sort of moved from there. So That's fantastic. It's, uh, it's been like an interesting like story to get to where we are with this point. But overall, Leslie and and I, we just sort of like figured out the little amount of money that we need to live and luckily our our passion is like to go camping which mm-hmm. is yeah the right <laughs> places it's frugal free. anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're just and gonna so, have canned beans for the rest of our lives exactly. right <laughs> over coleman stove it's fine yeah. no i did the same thing when i was gonna leave uh when i worked at a tv station and i wanted to work on my, all my little side projects on the side the first thing i did was like do a budget of like what's the least i have to make like to put my roof over my head like what are my actual bills and then I was thinking, I was, okay, if I do this for that much, that that gets me to that $1,500 or something, whatever it was. Uh, I wish it was, I think it was, I think it was $1,500, which sounds ridiculous now, but, I was, but uh, then I bought a house. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that, that, that was that thing. It was like, okay, this is all scary, but I only need to, re- I really only need to make this much yeah. to like put a roof over my head and food in my belly sort of thing. And so it felt a bit more tangible. Totally. Yeah. The other dynamic of this is you guys are a couple. You're also business partners. Now you're married and now you're parents. How how did that as you're just making these decisions where or is it just it's it feels like maybe it was just rolling with the punches. So like as this camp exploded, you guys just evolved with it. Yeah, definitely. Was there a conversation? Oh, yeah, come closer. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um so casual. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you started being really nervous, and now you're like leaning back. Yeah, feet on the table. <laughs> it was the headphones. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> like you, you seem like you guys have just sort of navigated this. Yes, it, yeah, we definitely have never had yeah. a plan. It, we've always just whatever's come up next has been what we've done, and yeah, and I think like when it, there's like a risk never, like, that's a come up, down. we've been we've been Gold. like you know looking at it, and we weigh the pros and cons, but. Like we've taken risks along the way to get to where we are opening the store, quitting our jobs, opening the store, uh, moving to this new store, bigger location. Yeah, you just um, moved to a bigger location. Yeah. Yeah. And now like our next step is is uh, creating like our, our own cut and sew program and, and finding manufacturers to work with and mills to work with. And uh, which we've been... tried. What This will be the fourth time yeah. trying to do our own cut and sew. Yeah. Program. And so for hopefully this people like me have no idea what that means. What does that mean? So we have a very specific structure that we want to 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 set up and it's sort of set up so that we can grow with it and that is like finding a manufacturer that has like extremely transparent practices um and it it runs like you know fully ethical manufacturing um as well as like just great work environment that kind of thing fabrics with a like a lighter footprint yeah and then fabrics wise environmentally friendly um more on a sustainable aspect uh and so it's taken a while like actually I went down to LA for the first time in 2013 and there was like a couple things on the market. There was really no fabrics. And now it's like so prevalent. If you okay. go down to like the textile show, it's, you know, 
a huge chunk of the show is sustainable fabrics. It's okay, fantastic great. to see. Yeah. And it's so it's becoming that much easier to get your hands on it. And it is the big, big brands like H and M and that kind of thing that are kind of pushing the envelope on organic cottons and using recycled materials and that kind of stuff. But it's making it uh more achievable for like us little guys to get our hands on mm -hmm. some of that stuff. So is that how you keep this interesting, like exciting for you? Because it's like you guys are very adventurous people. And you've been doing this now for seven, eight years or so. And mm -hmm. Like, is that the next step for you guys? Is this cut and sew? And how does camp keep evolving? Because something like this has to keep evolving. I know there's stories of people sort of lifting your logos and, you know, stealing your ideas and things like that. And so keep pushing forward. Is that is that how you keep this exciting for you? Yeah. And that used to really get under our skin. Yeah. I mean, like, sometimes it still does when yeah. it hits too close I'm still to pissed him. about it yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, what we've realized is, like, after every single one of these things, you know, it just dies away after a couple of weeks. And mm -hmm. Okay. Stuff doesn't really like hit our sales hard or anything like that. So we've kind of just realized to kind of keep our heads down. And if it's not a blatant something that we have to get a lawyer involved for it, then just figure it out. Yeah. The, the idea of um, the company moving forward is that, that that's what the, do you, did you have that conversation? Like how do we keep this interesting for ourselves? We haven't. But I was like, going to say yes. In a roundabout oh, way. Yeah. Yes. We're not a direct conversation. Yeah. It was just sort of we have it right now in front of us <laughs> yes. while we're recording, please. Honestly, it, it's more of a series of arguments that we've okay. had like over time. And uh, I think we've kind of like like chosen our path with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me now personally, it, it is this cut. And so it's it's getting into the working with the right manufacturer, using the right fabrics and, and growing out of a just sort of a keeping, graphic t-shirt brand. Yeah, um, and keeping things as ethical as possible just to align with our core values as we evolve and as they deepen. And like right now, we're not using anything that's like made in a sweatshop by any means, but we can always improve in those areas. Mm -hmm. And like now that we're more like woke citizens, we yeah. need to keep keep everything evolving. Yeah. Like, you know, like less water use and more recycled fabrics. And, and before when it was just us, we kind of made decisions on a on a personal level, and now we have um, a few employees that work for Camp. Yeah, how many then, do you have? Well, there's three that work uh, outside of us. There's three employees that work with Camp, and then I think there's another like five or six that are at our store. Six full time or I six have, store employees. I find that so amazing. This idea that you guys had years ago now is impacting other people's lives and things like that. It's really interesting. It is, and at cool. first. I think being an entrepreneur and running everything for yourself, you kind of bring on another person and you're just so used to doing everything for yourself. You don't ever give an employee a chance. Mm -hmm. And that was a, like a, a huge issue for me, I think off the get go. And now it's like, I find it so amazing. I have two extremely competent, competent employees working specifically for camp and just what they've done, um, in the last sort of 2019, um, getting, all of our ducks in a row for mm -hmm. this next chapter has been fantastic. Like they're, they're, they're awesome. I can't, I now can't imagine running camp without them. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what happens after you have your first employee. You're like, how did I ever, my coworker, Emma says that to me. She's like, how did you do this before me? I'm like, I don't know. Like yeah. I don't, I, <laughs> I, it seems impossible now. Right. But at the time it's saying, it's saying at the beginning of this podcast, you guys were just doing it so much that it didn't seem like it was, weird to be working that much but it just was a natural progression yeah and there's that element of like training somebody they don't have the skill set that you're just like i, I can do this faster mm -hmm. and then it's just sort of wrapping your head around the fact of, of you know putting in the time and making sure that that everybody knows how to do their job properly yeah and giving them the necessary tools now 
And no. I just want to clarify, Connor said that we had three employees and two are very competent. No, the third, the one, third is one just well. started just and he's started. very competent. Yeah. He's very, very competent. <laughs> I, I, I did notice They're all going to be listening like, like, I don't know. which one of us is incompetent. Ooh, burn. <laughs> I yeah I noticed that and I was like I'll just we'll just figure that out later. Uh, <laughs> Everybody is extremely. I'm sure the third person is very confident. Yeah. Yes. They're just not proven that maybe I don't know. So so wrapping up here, um, uh, lifestyle brands are very popular now, and there does seem to be a focus more on people willing to spend more money on a brand if it's local and they know the money's staying local. Advice for someone who who's maybe dabbling, you know, working their day job, you know, where you guys were in 2011 uh, and making this, making this leap. They, they might think they can just do camp brand goods, but what I wanted to hear from the story when you guys shared was how organic it was. It wasn't this big, we're going to be this big company. You just sort of rolled with the punches. What, what advice would you have for someone? You have to be really excited to do it. Um, mm -hmm. Again, like camp never came out as an idea of like, let's go make a lot of money. Yeah. It was let's make cool shirts and, and, uh, and get moving from there. But basically I would say if you have an idea, just go for it. There's obviously some, some ground groundwork that you have to put in, but, uh, like with camp, we didn't know that it was going to be this big. And we got into a market when there was not a lot of people around specifically not in Calgary, but even in that like kind of leisure outdoor market, there wasn't a lot of other companies. Mm -hmm. So, um, with the Instagram kind of like taking off at that time, we really just grew, yeah, like you're saying, organically yeah. through that process. And we didn't have a plan for this. Uh, we just we just started it. And this is where but we also, are. like, we could, every time we were about to make a big move, you could feel that it was the right move to make. It wasn't, it felt definitely, like, a little nerve-wracking, but also, like, we've been able to tell that it was the time to do all of these things. Yeah. To quit like, our jobs, to open the store, to move the, the old store to the new space. And totally. And side hustles are the best. Yeah. Like, they keep everything fresh. Like, yeah. Even your other job that you're doing. Um, it's always nice to kind of have something like I, I like am always just sort of like scribbling and doodling and thinking up new ideas. And then I find that it comes. Yeah. In our, in our journals, we also own a restaurant. We yeah. own a campground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think any entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur does that. Like once, once you've sort of struck gold once or twice, you've, your idea is working. You're like, okay, what other idea can yeah. I do? Like yeah. I was just home with my family and I like my sister was like, you can't turn every single thing I say into business. I'm like, but you can. I was like, <laughs> let's sell this and that and this. Yeah, yeah. It becomes a bit addictive. Yeah. Excellent. Camp well, is fun, but our actual goal is to become campground attendants. One is day. So that's, that's the retirement the next, goal. Yeah. Oh, great. You guys would be really good. I'm at very it. jealous so. of yeah. those people when we go to yeah. a campsite. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they would agree with you. <laughs> As they're cleaning out old outhouses. And yeah. Like that. yeah, we'd hire that out. Yeah, yeah. we'd outsource. Uh, Get our free well, competent employees. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone who owns pretty much every single one of your shirts and sweaters and hats and everything, I want to, I'm so thankful that you guys quit your jobs so I can stay warm and cozy. And <laughs> I know you guys do lots of great things in the community with your brands and stuff like that. So thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of I Quit. Thank you so much to our guests, Connor and Leslie Gould. If you'd like to follow them on Instagram, check out their amazing Instagram channel. It's at Camp Brand Goods. And if you have any questions or comments for me, my handle on Twitter and Instagram is at Mike's Bloggity. Or you can visit our website, iquitpodcast.ca. Until next time. <laughs>